This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole. I'm here with my co-host, Zach Louie. Hello, hello. And tonight's show, we're talking about Mercury. Which, surprisingly, communication, speed of communication, thought. Yeah. Last show we were talking about Venus got on a tangent. Oh, we totally got on a Saturn tangent on that. But I think that's a, a good kind of, you know, just position. This week, uh, Mercury, well... This is definitely another planet that does not really get along with Saturn, except it does. Because one of the gods of Mercury is Hermes, which is a psychopomp. Crossing communication between the gods and the dead, Mercury. But Mercury is a little bit more than just communication. If we look at classical Kabbalistic thought, the issue with Venus is the urges and desires unexpressed. They just go all over the place. That's, that's, it's the aspect of, oh, let me pick this. Let me pick this. Let me pick this. Mercury, which forces that to have structure and thought. To those emotions. And actually analyzing what is possibly most eventuous. And acting on them. Setting up plans. Not quite just the plans, but being able to conceptualize them into plans. So constraints, emotion and wants into plans and thought. And it's an interesting thing about Mercury. In classic thought, thieves and doctors are both mercurial. Now, some people would say that makes perfect sense, uh, but those people are sort of being cynical. On oh, they're the totally being cynical. In the way, and for the sponsors say, when we summon the archangel, Raphael. Raphael, he is the doctor angel, considered a healer. That's not all he does. But honestly, in a way, previously, what was medicine? For the most part, placebo. Placebo and, mm, how do you feel? I see. Why don't you take this? <laughs> Insert snake oil here. But even in modern terms, the placebo effect is so great, which is why con men and doctors have a lot in common. One's used for bad. One use for good, and, but it's still getting people to believe something. And even healing as a con, I mean, I could speak on this point. This gets into, well, what is medicine? What is a con? But, but, and then even the exchange pieces, because trade is a big piece of mercury also. Yeah, trade is an even piece. Negotiating and bartering your way up on the scale. Oh, absolutely. You know, getting more than what you actually maybe would have got otherwise. Convincing people, persuasion, but not the same kind of persuasion in the lunar sphere or the Venus sort of glamours. This is sort of like NLP. NLP, the Bad ideas. Well, the idea. Ideas, rational, not necessarily rational at all, actually. I mean, truly, it doesn't have to be rational, but it is the speed of thought. It is absolutely that. And I mean, really, I think it was a psychology study. They said the most intellectual people are usually the ones that get conned the most. And they fall into the yeah, rich quit schemes, even though they have all the data backing it up. You know who the best salespeople are? Salespeople. You know who the best customers are? Not salespeople. No, it's actually salespeople. There you go, everyone. Right. If you actually talk to salespeople, they're the first person to buy stuff. Right out, be like, that was a good sit. Oh wow, totally. I'm I'm in on this. Let me buy this right now. Wait, wait, wait a second. I, I see the flashes. Damn it, man. I've seen how much stuff you actually I know, buy, I know. I'm like, what are you what, buying? Why are you buying this? Buzz, it's awesome. It's data analytics. I do analytics, Zach. Shut up. 
yeah, this is actually how it happens. Like, I literally like, why are you buying the Sumo app? I literally could do this in Excel for free. Well, is it? It looks pretty. good. It looked. Cool. It was pretty. Oh, oh dude, it was, you're definitely the better salesperson too. That is true. At least on one-on-one sales. One-on-one sales. Group sales. I knew somebody who was a manager of sales. Uh, to well, name any names. They're Fortune 500 company, and they're basically like, yeah. I'm a totally great customer because they're like, they'll get into it. But it turns out getting into it mentally is the same as the one you have to get other people into it, which means people who don't have Mercurial, you know, who are some of the best commands are also Mercurial. Mercurial. And oh. they have, some of them can also be con pretty easily, or they have gambling addictions or other things. Mm -hmm. They're Mercurial. It's all the wings of the chance. And how does that actually go? Well, we don't actually know. Well, and that's the fun part. It's the, oh, what can be the possibility? <laughs> what can be the possibility? Now, I think this healing aspect of Mercury is so underrated. Because we, we used to, everyone used to know, you know, doctors had authority, but not like they do now. Mm -hmm. But still, if the patient's not convinced, there's no progress. Well, right. In your acupuncture. Clinic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is where, you know, we're in Canada, uh, specific to Toronto, Ontario, and we are in an allopathic system. We're in Western medicine. And, you know, working in a trans medicine profession, how do you convince people that trans medicine is even worth it? And it's not just sticking needles into people. I know even when I first started my particular journey in Chinese medicine, I was like, you're, you, you want what? You want me to drink dirt and you want me to get stabbed? That hurts. Screw that. However, with time, with persistence and, you know, a little bit of pushing, it, it got to a point where I'm like, hmm, I can see myself doing this. Sounds like your Chinese medicine school conjure. I know. Well, technically my Chinese medicine teacher called me back in the day. Or conjure. Yes. It'd be like, hmm, you want to learn Qigong? Okay, why don't you learn Chinese medicine on the side? I have anyone's ever heard the frame phrase is like everything I say is a lie. You should probably listen to everything I say. Yes. <laughs> this is the material vibe in a nutshell, but there's so much of our society actually that maybe goes this way. And you know, like if people actually understood programming is mostly lies. Writing, what's that about? Well, writing communication, they, persuasion. communication and persuasion. And that was the main language Franco back in the day, because you may have not had massive exposure to doing oratory uh, conversations, but everyone, once the printing press had that going, it was easy to spread word. And we saw how revolutionary and how speedy that was when that came out on the market back in the day. Right. For better or for worse, now we can see things accelerating mercurially in quick fashion. So even though we were talking about the lunar aspects of society, the speed at which all the other planets can spread uh, if they're out of balance now is even greater. Oh, on a cultural level, like you know, so Mercury is one of those planets that I think it doesn't get quite as bad of a rap as some of the planets we're going to cover later. But it's one of those planets that this double aspect of the planet in modern society is doubly uh, problematic. We don't, I think, understand how much of our society, especially in Zoom, how much of our society is just the ability to communicate. Yep. You know, it's it, it almost doesn't even matter if you can, I mean, it matters if you show up, but physical labor, that doesn't make the most money. No, it doesn't. Being able to persuade people, that's where you break out of the... That's where you break out of the hourly wage into what would be much closer to real wealth. Yeah. And this gets into, you know, you're discussing the speed piece, but even technology. We know that people in those technology sectors, that growth is really increasing and amplifying consistently. Well, you might um, even say that's the only jobs that you can get. Right. I mean, but it's not just that. I mean, Mercury isn't, I don't believe Mercury is just communications either. It's about experience creation or design creation, design experience creation. You are the thought process behind the design creation of, of communication or everything like that. That's why I give the Venusian energies form because mm -hmm. you are literally having a structure into thought, albeit fast thought, 
And that doesn't necessarily mean actually in reality yet, but it does mean that it's at least structured in thought. Yes. And, and the structures in thought, this is where, you know, it gets into being able to slow down actually and look at things and analyze things. Uh, yeah. This is when Mercury goes, when Mercury is out of sort of balance, what happens is exactly that. You can't slow down. It's like thought, 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 thought. So we see before, maybe the last couple of planets we were talking about, as we walking up the tree, we're very, very, very tied to water in a lot of ways. Well, lunar energy is tied to water and Earth. You know, fairly Venus is tied a lot to water. Yep. But here we ha- are starting to move into a planet very tied to air, like as a natural extension of the air currents. And what happens if your air currents are getting out of We describe this bam, 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 bam. But what happens when your mercury currents, like the planetary energies are out of balance? Well, now you have multiple communication streams coming to you at the same time all the time, and you have a limited number of cognitive processing that you can process, and you either can speed up your cognitive processes or, or you confusion. Absolutely, confusion. Because you're like, and this is where it may even get to a full point in the communication streams that it leads to not paralysis, but this idea of being able to just not be able to process and just being deer in headlines, yeah. which is the complete opposite of what it seems like the extreme mercurial current would be. Yeah, paralysis, because you're just, you're, it's almost like your mental processor shuts down because it's like, cannot choose which thing, communication stream to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the term popped up, even like the limerick of my marketing mindset going through, it's like process by analysis, right? It literally is, you don't know what to focus on. And then at that point, everything's good, but then you get nothing done. Yeah, it's definitely like the mercury problem, like, or you can run another con. Or, yeah, you get pulled into a con, or you run a con, or you get pulled and run a con at the same time. It couldn't work either way. Well, I think a lot of this comes back to, I mean, obviously, Raphael. Yes. This is a, a fine angel of healing. Does a great job. We're going to talk about Hermes. So the stories of Hermes creating wars. Creating wars. Creating messages from wars from God. Uh, messaging from the dead. Also, is an interesting part of Mercury. Like this planet is tied to the dead, yes, and communications across all barriers. So when you think about Mercury, it's not just providing structure; it's also breaking structure, or at least leaping past certain structures. Right, leaping oh, look past. At, look at this. Oh, there we are. There, there we go. Rufus. Rufus is in the house. Rufus in the house. Okay, so hopefully we get that in it. Yeah. Oh, he's got the orange going on too. I know. He's got it. Let me unmute him. Ask him here. Hey, sorry I'm late. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. We just blame the snowstorm. Yes. Stick with that. Stick to yeah. God. Oh my We've God. We've talking about that. cons the whole time. It's been so, it's been so snowy here lately. I know. Storms. <laughs> Storms. Awful. Uh. Are we lying or telling the truth? It's Mercury. Can you tell? <laughs> Are you sure? And that's, How you guys that's a perfect example of cons. We're doing great. How are you doing? Much better now. But oh, there you go. We're all wearing orange or have orange lights on our face. Fantastic. Oh, here. There. Sorry. Nice, nice, nice. That's that's my new magical power. I call it the power of the filtered camera. (laughs) Filtered camera. Filtered camera. Nice. Yeah, they got got eye highlights. That's actually pretty cool. You got the eyes going. Is it real? Yeah. Or is it, it alive is. from Mercury? Wait, wait. Also, I have I have a new um, time travel thing that lets me go back in time. Ooh. I'm oh, sorry. Nice. <laughs> nice. 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 Just <laughs> math my too. Ah, okay. So where were we? We've been talking about Hermes, Mercury, how Mercury gives the Venusian elements form, thought, conning people, lots of conning people, stealing, and medicine wow i was i missed a lot uh, we were just ra- rambling we're rambling it's all right good cool. as you should with mercury right yeah definitely well it does have a tendency to flow doesn't it it goes from one node to the next we were talking uh earlier uh, i don't know it wasn't you guys and i but it was me and another friend about how 
mercury is a lot like a mushroom, uh, you know, the miliocibin layer of the psilocybe. The miliocibin layer is a lot like mercury, how it just kind of permeates everything and connects everything. And then where the nodes are is just where something happens to sprout. But it's always where there's an interconnection of the path of the of the living things and that flow of, of information and energy that um, like mushrooms share with everything at the same time. It uh, it's a lot like that, <laughs> the, the flow of mercury. Yep. And that's, that's sort of like how, how he's able to connect you with magic and, and uh, words and thoughts and stuff. It's because it's sort of all interconnected at the same time. Which is a really good point. Cause we were, we were even talking about Hermes being a psychopomp and the mushroom analogy is another great, Oh yeah, Boy, mushrooms transcend multiple worlds from mm-hmm. uh, the decaying to food for the living, all at the same time. Well, some mushrooms. Some mushrooms. Don't go in the forest and eat the wrong mushrooms. You'll die. No, that would be that would be silly. Safety first, peeps. Safety first. Hmm. Um, um, but so that's that's an excellent point, Rufus. Yeah, go ahead. Can, Rufus. can I de orange for just a second? Sure, absolutely. Rufus, it's my Christian washing his hands, and his hands, and his hands, and his hands. So I'll do the Rufus has written several books on ceremonial magic. Uh, he's written a new goetic book. So we usually would start with that, but we, you know, it's Mercury. Mercury. It's Mercury. He's, he's just published a new book on the Goetia and he's got a course on the seven planetary spheres. So to say he knows a little bit of planetary magic would be an understatement. Yeah. I've been, I've been doing that for a little bit now. So, uh, it, it, are we talking about planetary magic tonight or what is the actual topic? Is Mercury. It or Mercury. Mercury. Okay. Mercury, yeah. planetary magic, all of the above. See, I, I think Mercury is necessary for all the other planetary magics too, you know, because it, it's uh, the sphere of thought and, and ideas. And it's where we give our, our ideas form that, you know, the old, uh, the old saying, um, energy follows thought you know, like whatever you're thinking about, that's where the energy goes. Whatever you're paying attention to, the energy kind of flows in that direction. Yeah, so that's sort of Hermes. Hermes is, and, and Hode and Mercury are where we go to shape the, the path or maybe find the path is the right way to put it for that energy to flow in our magic, to find the connections. And then like when you go to those tables of correspondence, all the different connections and nodes where they where they meet in your tables and your columns and your rows. It's all very Hodian and it's all very ceremonial magic and very, very correspondence tables. And because this is a five pointed star, then it's a Venusian. And because this has a, uh, something to do with eight, it might have something to do with Mercury or maybe it's because it's a four or no, four would be Jupiter, right? So, yeah. yeah so or Jupiter. <laughs> that is very Mercury. It's the transmission between symbol to meaning or partially between what is an abstract symbol to what is the applied structures that that symbol means. The symbol by itself is just a letter, it's a squiggly. But what does eight mean? Mm-hmm. You know, what is eight, why do you use eight? Well, it's translating a symbol into some actionable item, giving it form. Right. It's a great analogy. Or when we were talking about uh, the con of medicine or the benefits of medicine. What is that about? It's giving the patient an idea that they can be healed, like from communication to form of healing. And then Zach was previously going the same idea, like as an acupuncturist, if people don't want to be healed, it's the same as a doctor. They don't get healed. If mm-hmm. they don't buy into the treatment, it doesn't happen. Um, it just doesn't happen. If it, they cannot conceive of themselves as being uh, in a healed state, there's no way mm-hmm. that it's going to happen. Just like if someone can't conceive of themselves being conned, they don't get conned. Right. And, and that's, that's, you know, Mercury is also like the, the realm of, of using your mind to, to manipulate your, your beliefs, your belief system. Your... I spent the last month or so studying this, this papyrus, the Dervaini papyrus. And it talks about Zeus and all this stuff. And you've probably, if, if you follow anything that I say online, you, you'll see that I've been all Zeus is all in all about everything. And it's, it's kind of for fun, but it's also sort of for real. But this whole cult of Zeus thing was based on reinterpreting the, the creation myth from the Hesiod, the Theogony, right? 
And it's this, this set in stone kind of thing when you look at it from an anthropological anthropology, anthropologies and anthropologists perspective. Like they have this idea that everything is set in stone according to um, this mythology, right? But in real life, every town had their own version of the myth. Yep. Yep. And when they needed the myth to do something else, they rewrote the myth. So they needed Zeus to be all in all. And they had to explain how Zeus was all in all for the purposes of this one initiatory act to make sense. And for them to do that, they just rewrote the, the myth, you know, and Hermes and that, that critical thinking and the ability to adapt your beliefs to, to your needs rather than trying to make everything fit into, you know, the cookie cutter solutions that you get out of the correspondence tables. You know, it, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like you end up using your belief instead of letting, making your belief use you sounds like it sounds like something that you might have some some thoughts on <laughs> i definitely do have some thoughts about that what do you think about that so, so you know belief as a tool was the probably number one idea that not chaos matters didn't invent it but it was the first expressed and there's a lot of reasons for that mm-hmm. uh, which I'll express in the course that I'm going to teach at Rufus's Hermetica. Ah, see, I was totally, I was totally thinking what a great place to segue into. I know. We're on the same page. Hermetica. <laughs> it's almost like, Hermetica. it's almost like we're communicating telepathically. Maybe. 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 Which is also. You don't know the spirit of Mercury going back and forth. I was going to say it's one of the powers of Mercury, right? No, actually, go back it's not technically, but sort of it is. Sort of. Yeah. We can rewrite it. It's all good. We'll go with that. But see, I, I find like, like now, like we were also talking about the bad sides of Mercury too. Mercury does have bad sides, and it comes. I think it comes down to exactly what I was saying: is is when there's too many nodes of information for a human to process. This is the bad side, and this is when people get into paralysis. Like, yep. and when Mercury is out of balance in a person or they're really out of balance or we get into mercury retrograde, which everyone thinks is bad, but it's not as well. It's not bad for me ever, but, um, well, it's not, it's not bad for anybody who actually takes control over their, over their lives. And there, there are ways to manipulate mercury and mercury retrograde so that it doesn't impact you. It's just, you know, nobody thinks to do it. It's literally like lighting a candle and a stick of incense to a statue and saying, please, don't fuck with me, <laughs> you know. And it's like, fuck, well, more. fuck with me in the way I need to be fucked with, right? And and fuck with but, my enemies you know. and not unto me, you know. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> send my fuckery elsewhere. That. Yeah, I know. I read, I read the Mercury Mercury and everything, and I'm like, you know, you literally could just light a candle and I don't know, do a couple prayers, and it's probably going to be taken care of if you're having issues. Yeah. I mean, if you're not having issues. It's probably already taken care of. <laughs> you, know, you know where I learned that from? Christopher Warnock, one of the rulesiest by the fates, where the planets are, dictates your, your experienced reality as a magician and all else is wishful thinking kind of guys on the planet that I ever met. You know, <laughs> Chris Warnock says to me, points out, you know, that planetary uh, devotions alleviate um the negative impacts of retrograde planets that you can, you can basically sacrifice your way out of a, out of the negativity of a sign. If you know what it's being afflicted, you know, which God to make your sacrifices to. I was like, Oh, so basically what you're saying is all this shit about the detriment of the stars can be alleviated by a magical act. (laughs) And he's like, you know, (laughs) I'm not quite saying that, but, but I am. I'm basically saying that, but well, that's I will never what, say that in public, but the well, I'll say that. I will, I will say that in public because actually I, I, I can find the books that it's quoted in that it says that that's true. And I believe it's like, it goes back to at least the Picatrix. Yeah, it you is know. the Picatrix on that one. Oh, it is the Picatrix. Thank you. We'll see, you know, anybody wants to argue with the fucking Picatrix can fuck off. I mean, I'm sorry, but it is... <laughs> It, I mean, <laughs> tell it to the book, you know, I mean, there is, there is a, there's a time to make an appeal to the book for authority and, you know, pick a trick. I think you can sense too, if you were that determined, if, 
if you literally have crossed the abyss and have conversation with Holy Guardian Angel and you can't deal with a little space weather, what the hell does it mean? <laughs> like, what does it mean? <laughs> so God is constrained by by the planetary structures then? No. No. I mean, is a God I mean, to live in a dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like... I mean, I mean, maybe, but I mean, that would be horribly conflicting about, well, God is all, or, or in the case of the theme, Zeus is all and all, right? But still, yeah. it's still horribly conflicting if that was the case, that a magician would be so bound by those things, even after they achieve a level of skill and potency. Like, that would not make sense. It's just common sense from a practical, magical standpoint. You should be able to pretty early on deal with the negative effects of any astrological or environmental actually it's not just astrological it's also environmental kind of issues if it's outside your domain now uh that's been severely tested lately with covid but um it's um, basically true but how, how many magicians do you know that uh, have been exposed to it have had multiple symptoms of it but have had ne no negative side effects long term or, or midterm well some magicians i know have not caught COVID, so they're putting this all together. Medicine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, all right, so I I know I do know some very strong magicians who have gotten it and are suffering some effects, you know, but for the most part, you know, we're, we don't have herd immunity just because we believe we do, but it doesn't hurt to believe that we do. So, whatever, you know. It, I yeah, say, I think I think. In generally, the magician circles I hang out, the magical strategy has been avoidance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's something else. Avoidance. That's something else about Mercury. You know, it gives us the ability to use our critical thinking to say, hey, I'm not going to go outside today <laughs> and maybe I'll quarantine and wear a mask if I go outside for fuck's sake. You know, that's true. A lot of, yeah. a lot of magicians are actually a little bit smarter than... <laughs> I mean... Maybe not smarter, but more aware. More aware. More aware. More aware. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, um, you know, this is the thing. Mercury also. Uh, it, one of the positive sides of Mercury is that critical thought. But then, when we go combine Mercury with lunar aspects, right? You can go down these bad aspects of non-critical thought. You know, God. Uh, when we're talking about lunar aspects, yeah, we're well. I mean, some superstitions actually come down to folk beliefs that could be useful um but some are not or some conspiracy theories are not but that's still very mercurial it's granted it's got a lot of lunar aspects to it mm -hmm. but it's very mercurial when you start gamifying how you think about conspiracy theories and there's a little piece right here and a little piece over here and a little piece over here and the brain's tendency to make consistent rational ideas out of random data Right. And every time it makes a connection, it, it releases a little bit of uh, serotonin, you know, and, and that serotonin seals that memory into your brain. And then you've got that connection and this good feeling associated with it. And then you end up making another one and another one. And that's how these conspiracies get born. You know, it's this series of random events that get correlated with this narrative that gets told inside the head of a psycho. <laughs> You know, it's like it makes perfect sense from one perspective, but you you have to be crazy for that perspective to make sense. So, so, anyway. so question is, is paranoia mercurial? And I'd actually say partially, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. totally. Absolutely. I think it's yeah. mercury out of control. Uh, yeah. Unless they are actually to get you, then, then you're you're correctly putting things together. And that's a mercurial thing too. Right. And, yeah. and if they are putting, if they are actually out to get you, I don't know, stop killing people well and, and you know the, the belief using your belief uh instead of your belief using you you know a lot of a lot of times you really can create a scenario with your paranoia where they end up having to be after you because you've done some really crazy yeah, things yeah. along the way so yeah i mean you really can believe yourself into into that so i mean yeah, i mean that's the thing you, you you can make choices based on beliefs um, that weren't critically thought out, but then you think of all the actions critically and carry them out, and then they could actually be after you. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. And I think a lot of that negative side of Mercury, um, like for years, I've had a negative opinion of of chaos magic publicly, but it's not really chaos magic that I have a problem with. It's that 
negative mercury side of things that makes the the false connections that are, are utterly meaningless but they make sense on paper you know like the the ray charles is is a god fallacy you know just because a equals b and b equals c doesn't make a equals c but a lot of the sloppiness of the early 90s chaos magic movement that came out of peter carroll's um iot publications you know a lot of that stuff just the the playing loose and free with everything and if you could make a connection it, it would work kind of thing that a lot of it just wasn't effective magic i'm not saying it was the system's fault but it was prevalent within the system to have a lot of ineffective magic being passed off as something that was really great and then when you actually conjure the spirit for real it just your experience blows that out of the water in comparison because it, it's got different kind of energies fluctuating through it and your and your brain is actually going to respond to an angel differently than a uh, egregore spirit that you've created because you know so we might just agree to disagree on some of that it depends oh, well, on egregore it depends on yeah it depends a lot on the egregore like I, and how much the egregore has been worked with yeah but i'm talking about like a fresh a freshy oh so like, yeah well a little talking, server what's some talking yeah, about high school <laughs> A high school senior creating a servitor or a egregore in their in their basement to the best of their abilities based on their understanding of chaos magic from reading like two or three books by peter carroll See, that's not this, it's this, not gonna be the, the same issue. thing as if they conjure an archangel and have been raised as a christian oh you know right this, this issue in the 90s particularly yeah. is with the internet issue of the 90s which is doubly negative mercury issues <laughs> yeah. like, like, alt.net is definitely we're, mercury we're, retrograde we're people in the iot were actually peer reviewing their actual magical processes like oh. uh and people on the internet were doing stuff that even i even up to now am kind of like what the actual hell are you doing <laughs> like and then you ask them do you have any I don't know, spreadsheets of results. Oh man, oh. I was totally on drugs. It was awesome. No, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, do you have any spreadsheets of results? Like, did this do anything? I, I told you, I totally made contact. You were on drugs. You don't know what you were contacting at that point. Like, that's not to say you can't use chemiosis, but come on. Like, I mean, physical, tangible results. Did your life change? <laughs> did you get a new car? Did you get a job? Anything? Did you at least get your hair colored messed up? Something, a negative result even. Mm -hmm. But no. No. I have a no. lot of issues with that too, but not with chaos magic. I see, and, and it's not just chaos magic. I, it, it's also the, the grimoire purists. It's the chaos magicians and the grimoire purists. They're in it together with the aliens, you know. <laughs> They're making Ooh, runways. Another podcast <laughs> I just heard. I knew it. It came out. I don't know what you were talking about, but I'm not going to say insane. anything. I'm sorry. We're insane, but that's okay. I'm not going to say I feel the same way. I'll just drink my coffee if I feel the same way. There we go. Mm -hmm. anyway. And Grant was not drinking coffee for people listening to the audio. There. No, I was not drinking coffee there. Not at all. You watch the video maybe you see something different or brief yeah, it depends it depends on your perception too you know your perspective changes your reality so exactly exactly i mean interesting enough it's like that is a big problem mercury it's like you can go down these things you know and totally buy in and not actually you know evaluate things with critical thinking i mean i think the highest forms of mercury actually force you to critically analysis you're using your rational mind you know, when you get to more hard angel realms of Mercury, you're kind of like discernment, you know, all these positive things, but the negative side, not so much. Like you can go down whole tangents that don't make a lot of sense that mm -hmm. lead nowhere, but you convince yourself they lead somewhere. Right. And, and I think that was a big fallacy of chaos matter, but I, I, I ran into myself because I was, I guess, you know, honestly, all the things I have problems with are because I screwed them up along the way you know i didn't really understand them but i thought i did and that it's an embarrassing thing so i mean a lot of the things that i make fun of are my own uh my own uh foibles along the way but still yeah the, i i don't know i think that 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 aspect of the negative side of mercury 
seeping its way through whatever belief system. The hokey, I can do anything. I mean, at this without. point, I wouldn't. I mean, in the 90s and 2000s, it was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some chaos magicians not actually asking anyone how stuff was going. They got any results. But nowadays, you see that with everything. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, could it be Wicca? Could it be ceremonial magic? With people who have not even, I would at least try to understand the paradigm I was ripping off, you know, before I would do it. Uh, but they don't even have a foundation in mm-hmm. what's going on. Like, you can see all kinds of stuff. I mean, and then they convince themselves it's working. And does that work? I mean, that gets to the fake it till you make it. But sometimes it does. The belief itself, right, is the structure tool. And sometimes it's not. I can't tell you how many clients I've seen where they've done magical work and they continue to do magical work that's really actually hurting them. But they've convinced themselves it works. The rest of their life falling apart based on the experience of a subjective experience without any ties to what's going on in their life. Yep. And you can tell it's the issue of what they're, work, they're doing, right? Because it's addictive. It confuses them. And they're not focused on any of the things they need to focus on. Like one of the negative sides of the con is when you buy in so far to the con that you no longer understand the you know, consequences taken, of the con, right? <laughs> it's taken me until just now from uh, arriving late to realize that the con that you're talking about is the confidence game and not the conferences that we used to go to and teach at. I, was I thought you were too. Possibly. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. The reason, wait. It, the reason the it took is, this long to figure it out. <laughs> but, but. Oh, that kind of conferences. Completely but, different. What are, what are they? <laughs> are what? How, how are they? I mean, really, what are we doing? We're convincing people, we're authorities to come to a conference. Right. And, like, they, and they do. I mean, and they do. And they do. I mean, in a way, that's not a bad con. It, but it is persuasion. Right. In some ways, we all of the people, I mean, like, uh, you know, when Arthur was running a con, I thought everyone was pretty knowledgeable out there. Uh, uh, and it was pretty cool. It was refreshing. That was very okay. different than most of the Midwest, not all the Midwest, but some of the Midwest conferences that I've been at. All right. Yeah. Where everyone was generally, they knew what they were talking about. They might not agree, but they at least had some real world experience. Well, but in a way... Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say at Crucible, one of the best parts was the in between in between the sessions, because the audience was as knowledgeable about things as the as the teachers. You know, I mean, often there there were a, a few people that knew more than more than the audience about their specific topic, and they would teach. But for the most part, you could have a conversation with any of the audience members, the regular attendees, and and learn something about magic that you hadn't thought about before. You know, I, the Omnimancers, they were doing things that I was not into and not interested in and, you know, not my path, not my, not my circus, not my monkeys, you know, but every time I would go, I would get some idea, some new idea about how to use my own system of belief and, and influencing the world around me because they thought so far out of the box, you know. I, I actually thought what the Omnimancers were doing was, would be more good chaos magic. That was an oh, example yeah, definitely. of definitely of you are creating a paradigmal system based upon thought forms and servers and you understand that you are creating an artificial landscape for you to work in pretty good yeah pretty good and, done, and done that sometimes myself yep. uh, when i have time on my hands <laughs> yeah but i interrupted you earlier thank you do you remember what you were saying at the time or uh i was gonna say the bad like well we were talking about con as in like all oh, right, oh, right, man. Confidence game, but in a way, they are the same. It isn't quite so different. Uh, like it just depends on how you determine what is good and what is bad, and that determines whether something's a confidence game or a public speaking event. Uh, exactly, exactly. And uh, a lot of a lot of what makes a an expert an expert is a microphone and a, and a spotlight. You know, a lot of that transformational magic comes from um, being told that you are in charge, 
you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm sort of, I don't know if famous is the right word, but well known for doing is being like the cheerleader of the occult or the, the occulture dad, you know, because I'm sitting there at the sidelines going, go on guys, you can do it. You can do it. Come on. You can do this. You can do this because people encourage me at key points in my development as a magician and encouraged me to go out and try things and do things and told me that I could speak on things and asked me to come and talk about things because they encouraged me to speak about them in the first place, you know, and they convinced me that I was an expert. It wasn't, it wasn't that I, 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 there, I don't think there's anything special about Rufus Opus other than the fact that, you know, I have really great taste in picking a magical motto because Rufus Opus is the best magical motto that anybody could ever have. But, um, other than that, you know, it's just attitude and, and, uh, Wikipedia basically. <laughs> I, I, I want to, I kind of want to touch on that because that gives a secret to Mercury in a way, like this is the adage, like when we go back to early like, 80s chaos magic, it is the adage of fake it till you make it, keep trying to get it down. Right. In this case, what is public speaking or what do you want to be a public speaker? It's not just public speaker. Do you want to be an expert in something? All you have to do is fake it until you make it. But in some cases, you're not faking it, right? Clearly, mm -hmm. if, if you are trying to get into industry, you have to do due diligence to fake it. Well, right? if, you fake, but, if, you, if you fake what it takes to get, to get to be an expert, like if you don't know anything about angel magic, but you know what an angel magic expert would do and you fake doing what they do, you become an angel magic expert, you know, because exactly. an angel magic expert goes out and reads all this shit and studies all this shit and does all this shit. And then is an expert. And if you're going to fake that, you're going to actually do the th same things that an expert would do. So, yeah. I mean, in OP, we call that modeling, right? That's literally a, a method of accelerating learning mm -hmm. uh, to model someone and then basically take the best of what they've done and model that and, and do that they're still learning it just at an accelerated rate. And then the presentation layer is just projecting the confidence that you have out. You know, we all have, a lot of us, maybe not all of us, not you, Rufus, but some of us have confidence issues, right? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, don't, I and, never have any confidence issues. Right, and confidence issues is like, a lot of times in the public sphere, it, it, there's always gonna be uh, negative detractors because Mercury is communication backwards and forth. So, doesn't really matter. You know, if you don't have a thick skin, that could get you. But really, the answer to that is you just decide they don't matter. And the chances are that you're going to be right. Like, eventually, people will just literally take sides and they won't matter. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. They, literally, when you structure a reality in your head and then keep communicating that, people will just buy in. Right. And actually, so the dangerous thing about humans altogether right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if, if what you're saying is true, you don't have to worry about it, you know, which, which comes back to personal ethics. Like if your personal ethics keep you from, from just pushing a false narrative, you're, you're going to be fine because most people, the narrative that they want to push in life is, is a benign, harmless, helpful, uh, mutually beneficial paradigm everybody wants to like other people have friends and be liked you know and because we share those those basic needs as a societal creature we create these paradigms where everybody kind of gets along together and it's more healthy than it's not but at the same time there's plenty of opportunity for us to get what we need individually within that you know it's, it's there's nothing wrong with that system but there's going to be people who who take advantage of it, you know? So at, at what point does it become a negative system? Well, know? we so. know definitely uh, from psychology, one out of 10 people are sociopaths. It's mm -hmm. just that simple. That's the psychological, we, every study keeps coming back the same way. You know, maybe it's a little bit more right now because of certain modeling that occurred recently uh, with politics. Uh, but one out of 10 people will tend to use no, to game the system, right? So yeah, there is, does that make the system bad? Well, probably not, but it does mean that there's thorns in the system. That's for sure. Well, and I think I'd be interested to see what the percentage is within the occult community of people who would qualify as sociopaths because it's knowing what's right and wrong and not really caring is like the pop culture 
the pop psychiatry interpretation of what a sociopath is. I think, I think magicians are very much more aware of things like right and wrong and uh, the malleability of relational ethics, you know, but that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to be used for, for, for negative purposes, you know, because, because a sociopath can move up and down in, in various societal circumstances, the magician can do the same thing by moving up and down through the choirs of the archangels, for example, or can do the same thing by stepping outside the, the ordinary ways of manifesting things by using their um, knowledge of uh, chaos magic principles and practices. You know, the principles and practices that we know that we use as magicians are very sociopathic. You know, they're not, they're not socio-normative. That's why they're a cult. So I think I, I would be very curious to see how many sociopaths there are that are within the magical community based on whatever the sociopath standard baseline is. I would even bet that we would get different numbers from people who are authors and presenters and people who are just practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And is that a bad thing? Can be. It depends, right? I mean, it really depends. I'm not going to name names, but I remember in a conference just a few years ago, there was somebody who was vending across from us who I did not like. Everyone else did, right? Mm -hmm. Turns out, what were they doing? Tom Lester. Oh, Jesus. Right? right? Simply put, they had an image, they were casting it. Uh, it was, again, one of those things where people would overlook all the signs. I just didn't like them. I didn't know why I didn't like them, right? I just was like, yeah, you got the creepy vibe. Right? So I'm just like, well, I'm just going to avoid that. I want nothing to do with it. Right? But I don't have the power in those situations. I didn't have the power in that situation to say something's wrong, right? Because that's not what that wasn't my branding. I was just starting out. I mean, again, I mean, again, the platform that the material platform you've built, whether good or bad, is in a way, a lot of ways, your ability to convince and Persuade is how connected are you, right? So that's for good and bad. That's a bad example. A good example is probably lots more people have gotten lots of benefits by uh, actually studying various occult things too, including myself, I think Zach, yeah. and, and yourself, Rufus, all got improvements on our tangible life situation that probably I would have been drunk in a homeless shelter somewhere if I didn't have some magic to bail me out and improve my own self-conception and habits and patterns there's definitely times when being drunk in a homeless shelter is very much the ma the magician's lifestyle <laughs> so depends on what they're sure. doing i'm in the middle That's of a true. certain phase true. of the great work I'm, I'm in the black phase right now is what it is <laughs> I, I had i had to start over again you know so i i went back i went back to uh formula i went back to, i had to take it back to formula <laughs> so anyway you have to start over again once in a while but I'm trying. I'm trying to avoid the whole um, drunken in the shelter phase. I think that that was. I think once is enough. I don't think you have to keep going back to that. And that was, you know, early 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 twenties. <laughs> so uh, I'm pretty well thinking the same. Like yeah, drunk, yeah. Drunk. You've never had the drunken I never, in the shelter. No, I did not. I I thought this through ahead of time. Oh, must and be I nice. didn't have to uh, call Satan to protect my junk either from a homeless shelter. Is a story that we've heard. <laughs> I would oh. fall under the bad chaos. That would be the right? bad chaos right, magic right, right, right there. Right, Rufus? Bad yeah. chaos magic. Bad chaos Satan. Magic. Yeah. Protect my junk. Is that Satan? I mean, is Satan chaos magic? I think it's just bad Goetia at that point. The bad Goetia. <laughs> bad, <laughs> bad, bad true grimoire. How can you even do that ritual in a homeless shelter if you're going by the grimoire? It's not possible. Well, absolutely not. You know, that's why it's bad grimoire magic. <laughs> you mean you didn't you didn't go out from the homeless shelter at dawn to strike the bow of the cherry tree? Totally, I totally wish in the future that we could just get uh, a direct mind machine. And wait, you know, I know it'll be still interpreted, but like, it'd be great just to get the vignettes of spirits talking about us. Right. And how, oh my God, I can't believe this person asked for this. It's just crazy. Like, did you show up? Yeah, I showed up. What am I going to do? I got to show up. 
And then that's what they asked for. That could, that could be a great sitcom. And that would so. be a great sitcom on its own. See, yeah, I've, I've got a lot of ideas for the occult sitcoms. You know, like the Aaron Lee show would just be like, that'd be great. It would be like, um, what's his name? Uh, Gomer Pyle, you know? He'd be like, well, Doc Solomon. <laughs> Sorry. Brutal. Oh, brutal. <laughs> I don't think he watches our show, but that's oh, still okay. going to be brutal somebody, if he does. He will if, he will if he finds out that we're mocking him. That's just how, that, that was our point, right? But no, the point was that he can't do anything with Mercury right now. And I tried to tell him that he's cursed. You know, he's pissed off so many magicians over the years. He's like, no, no, no. I, I do my, my stuff with the sun and I do my stuff with Mars and everything's fine all the time. I'm like, no, you have a very specific Mercury curse on you because everything you touch technologically, technologically turns to shit. He can't do an interview. His internet connection is consistently bad whenever he needs to do an interview, but not when he needs to do anything else it's only when he's doing public speaking that is when his internet craps out um it's not just me it's jason augustus newcomb has also had problems with him and most of his most of his ailments and issues that he has to deal with that he complains about constantly are mercurial in nature he's, he's being challenged by her, by mercury on the regular basis so if you want to see what what a mercury curse looks like on someone you know you can just take a look at aaron's life and i'm i'm not even well, I'm not 100% kidding when I say that, but I mean, yeah, that, that, that's what I mean, it looks like. I mean, yeah, I mean, to extrapolate, that's exactly what it looks like. Technology not working right, uh, especially if Mercury is not a force that you can use the sun or Mars to combat. Having dealt with tricksters through most of my life, it, it's not something you can use force or brilliance to counter. You have right. to use other trickery, but, or the or, energy has to be trickery. Or, or intellect, yeah, exactly. Or intellect. You know, like, um, if you look at the first thing Mercury did after he was born, the very first thing was he tricked Apollo out of his cows. You know, he stole exactly, the cows yeah. and disappeared, and then like made him a, a, a instrument to appease his wrath, and then you know, all of a sudden he was loved by Apollo. So. You know, it's like that's exactly what Mercury does. And if 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 you if you want to fight against that, you have to meet it, like you were saying, in its own sideways. Mm -hmm. Or Mercury fights are always sideways fights, right? Like go boards. They're like go fights where you're like here and then here and then here and then here and then ten moves later, everything is going down until you're like, and it's this one. Boom. Yeah. And the best way to um, the best way to defeat Mercury, like for real, for real, is is through Venus, I think, because the one thing intellect can't handle is heart. <laughs> That's why you end up with the lightning struck tower. If you really want to curse someone and and uh, who's very intellectual or very mercurial in nature, you know, just make him fall in love with somebody. That's enough. <laughs> the wrong person or anyone, it doesn't matter. <laughs> or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Stars. <laughs> Harsh. Wow. Well, I mean, the other side of things too. It's like, you know, in our general society, there's only a, a few real jobs. I mean, and people say there's jobs, but really, out of jobs that are not going to be gone in a couple of years, they're all mercurial, mm -hmm. except for the couple. Well, you can argue that like nurses and doctors are somewhat mercurial too because of the history and the intellect that yeah. is involved. But everything is intellect, like. Computer science jobs are completely mercurial jobs. You are using your mind 24-7. And, and trust me, I could say this, and I think you can, Rufus, too. Like, it's tiring. You think it's not, but it's like even people who are very mercurial, like it gets after a while, you get drained because you're like, this is where we're at. Like well, every single career path now has many more mercurial, well, real money mercurial, real money career paths probably have many more material requirements than what we were previously even doing 20 years ago 30 years ago mm -hmm. yeah definitely um and it's not like i don't know it, it, the the idea that you wouldn't get exhausted just because it's intellectual is 
it's it's like i don't know it doesn't make much sense to me so that that's that is from somebody who would be primarily martial they would not Uh, understand why you would get tired right right yeah exactly that makes sense they don't work in mercury all the time right like running back and forth or scanning code for commas that are missing and then conceptualizing like where this piece should fit in this piece and hundreds of thousands of lines of code if anyone thinks that's not the epitome that's not the 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 highest form of mercury it's not the highest but it clearly is material right like uh like you know intangible way and it's it's going to eventually be tiring did you um did you book in this with the 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 jobs that are going to be here for for the long term are all mercurial yeah kind of okay that's what i was saying yeah isn't that in a couple of years there's gonna more jobs are gonna go away you know is, isn't it I, interesting I that. that that the long-term jobs are mercurial though i mean because yep. mercurial means temporary and <laughs> and likely to change and go away <laughs> so yeah it's very changeable it's very i don't know i just thought that was a, an interesting commentary there that literally what we have to look forward to is something that's known constantly not, changing not being something that you can look forward to not being something you can trust. The, the truth of all the jobs that i think are available or, or are going to be around requires constant learning Mm-hmm. constant change yeah, exactly like constant upgrading your skills constant reframing your skills constant like learning more i mean doctors can't sit still none of the high level intellectual professionals you cannot sit still or or you're out of a job right in a and couple I, years i think i think in the occult there's um there's a healthy competition between magicians like i if if you want to look at them as like generations of of magicians like every every five to ten years a new group of people sort of takes the the stage and there's actors that rise to prominence within the the social group and people that fade away and and the loud voices and and the younger generation are going to be different than the louder voices of the older generation that had just come a couple years before them right you know what i'm talking about in the culture like the people that come to the conferences they come in waves and the people that are commenting on Jason Miller's posts about in strategic t- sorcery today are going to be different than the ones that were commenting on it two years ago and the popularity of the different people and, and their voice is going to grow and shrink, you know, totally lost where I was going with that though. But that ebb and tide that you're talking about uh, with the, with the constant learning being the only way to keep moving. I think that the, that's a reflection that the, mercurial nature of the the people who are are the ones that stick around the longest within the culture you know that are are always going to be active and always going to be aware are the people that are responding to this healthy competition within our community to continue to learn and to learn new things and to strive to to be more efficient and more effective in what we're doing um and more empowered so God, I'm trying to say like 500 years worth of things in like five minutes here. So let me let me try to unpack that a little bit. The the way that you know how uh, we have all these online schools right now, like the Blackthorn School yeah. and AcademiaHermetica.com. This constant learning paradigm, this agile approach to magic, uh, is it's becoming more and more part of our culture as we become more and more, I think, mercurial and hermetic in our approach to things. One of the reasons I went with Academia Hermetica as the name of the, the school is because it's very much a hermetic process and, and this constant learning, constant, constantly adapting to a new environment that we are creating at the same time is, is something that you see in the culture. People go out and study, they go to Joe Peterson's site and see the, the Megaton and the true grimoire and all these different grimoires. And then Jake Stratton Kent comes along and he synthesizes them into his true grimoire work and the, and the goetic reconstructionism that he's created. You know, this, this thing that's really popular that's coming out of the UK, the Lucifer conjurations that you see everywhere, literally everywhere right now um, are being driven by this goetic reconstruction 
movement that he started a while ago, but he incorporates this idea of continuously studying the latest archaeological finds, the latest information that's coming out of the ground about the source material for these spirits and using that to inform your practice to create a living tradition that is active for the magician that is useful for the magician. But he's, he, his adoption of that constant learning uh, system is similar to what Jason Miller has done with uh, strategic sorcery, right? So in strategic sorcery, they're always learning more and more and more. They're, they're, it's not uh, in the strategic sorcery course, he doesn't teach just ceremonial magic or just tantra or just meditation or just um, those three things in parallel. He teaches a system that is the magician, the sorcerer at the four who has at their back all these tools and knows how to use them harmoniously together rather than I'm going to be A today and B tomorrow and C on Tuesdays between four and nine. It's all the time I'm a sorcerer and I know that on Tuesdays I can tap into this current on Wednesdays, this one on Thursday, that one. And, you know, and that's not any different than the planetary magic magician who's going to the planets of the day on a, on a daily basis, you know, and that, that movement from, I'm going to learn one system and become a master of one to a Jack of all trades, who is a master in and of themselves because they are the master of being the Jack of all trades is a shift that I think is very mercurial. And, and, you know, that was also a shift that, uh, that was foretold. Was it, oh, was it foretold yeah. in, a, in, a, cool. in a book? A couple books, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to name any chaos magic books. I keep although Peter Carroll did in a weird way, but I keep oh, I, mean, I, I keep softballing these to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're great, um, but I mean, no, that was. I mean, before it became stupid, that was what people were we were getting. A lot of the chaos magicians were getting that, mm-hmm. like you're going to have to constantly learn. Your information sources are going to constantly change. Your understanding of the culture is constantly going to be different. Essentially, what you can assume, the, the whole idea of there may be no ultimate truth comes from the fact that you no longer have information. How, how, you know, you know, there's no more information, you know, purity. Like everything is even culturally, if you study anthropology, is kind of like, oh, they're going to change this every five years or every 10 years or new information comes constantly. Or mm-hmm. if you go to another village, even in Greek mythology, they have totally different myths on the same spirits. Or if you go across to India, like they're literally mentioning this spirit that sounds like the spirit and there's trade routes that come from one area to another where you're trying to make connections and, the amount of information that is passing back and forth and the speed at which it's happening is so great now that you have to just kind of suspect any information you get and then put it through some rigorous testing, which got lost on the internet, the negative side of Mercury. Yep. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not popular to talk about having to do work. No, no, no much easier to summon Cthulhu and you know have sex with it or something I don't know yeah masturbate to Cthulhu porn yeah it's like magic but as long as you can argue that it's magic on the internet it is magic so well there we go it is now 8 10 okay so that is the end of our show oh Oh. but Rufus you have a few things going on that is awesome like uh, maybe we could talk about the real fast. Give the URL for the for Medica at oh, Academy it's Academia A C A D E M I A Hermetica H E R M I T I C A dot com. So it's academiahermetica dot com is where you can go to see uh, where Andrea will be. Andrea will be. Uh, how do you say your name? Andrea. Andrea. I see. I said it right the second time. Okay, so Andrea will be teaching eventually. And uh, hopefully several other people. I'm on that interview. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Mercury. Fantastic. <laughs> this is fantastic. Literally, totally I'm, fantastic. Uh, Mercury. Oh, okay. I know that couldn't get better. So, Mercury. 
<laughs> what can I say? I, I'm here to entertain. But yeah, that is is probably the best way to get me. Um, Rufus Opus is the name of my channel on YouTube, and I'm doing daily YouTube stuff. So that's actually a lot of fun if you want to talk about Mercurial, because oftentimes five minutes before I start, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And then I play my intro music, and it's just go time, baby. <laughs> so... <laughs> There we go. You're a model for Mercury over there. I should follow that model. Mm, I spent yeah. like hours preparing everything. No, you're doing great, dude. You're, you're not a stumbling, bumbling idiot. So, hey. Yeah, hey. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, and, that's where you can meet, find me. And Facebook is where I usually do most of my public. Uh, and you recently just published a gratitude book. Which yes. Nephilim.com uh, is the place to go for that. Nephilimpress.com. So in a couple of days, I'll reach out to you because we want to talk about that, that particular book a little bit more. And I want to thank you for coming. Minus the snowstorm, right? Yeah, and sorry about late, that. Right? Yeah. Terrible weather. I, I got trapped on the highway in the ice. And there were yetis. Yetis and... Yetis. 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 Nice. Fr friggin' Wendigo. Man, let me tell you. <laughs> it, it, was quite a, it was quite a trip getting here. So There you go. There we go. So thanks again for coming on the show, Rufus. We hope to have you come back. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. I, I love talking to you guys.